So everybody who has an uncomplicated medical history starts with a midwife and it's basic care. So you don't pay for a midwife. Around seven weeks is your first checkup, seven, eight weeks. We guide you as a midwife all through the pregnancy and then we do the delivery wherever you want it. So we can do it at home or we can do it in the hospital for you. And if there in that period is any need of a gynecologist because you need medication for high blood pressure or the growth of your baby's not doing well or you have any other medical problems, then the gynecologist comes in and takes over. Hey guys, my name is Shayla. Welcome to the Hey Shayla podcast. I went from full-time travel to full-time new COVID mom and now I'm a mom of two and holy Wow, is motherhood and adulting a learning curve? There are so many decisions we need to make and a million ways to do it right. I created this podcast to interview some of my gurus to share their knowledge and empower you on your journey. Let me be your guinea pig and ask the question you think everyone else knows. Here, we're a little hippie. We try to do things as naturally as possible. We're open-minded and we don't take ourselves too seriously. But above all, we support one another and work to find what works. If you're into it, you're our people. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hey Sheila podcast. Today I have Janifa, who is a midwife in the Netherlands with her own practice. She also has a YouTube channel and an Instagram account for expectant parents. A few people sent me your way when I was, um, well, first of all, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thank you for the invite. Yes. And I I want you to say your YouTube channel and your Instagram handle because I cannot pronounce it properly. Yes. <laughs> it's also hard in Dutch. So not, <laughs> not entirely your fault. Well, my first name is Janifa. And uh, my handle at Instagram is also so my first name, Janifa underscore Verlosmoeder. So it's like, um, It'll all be in the show notes. Don't even midwifery mom in yeah. Dutch. It's called what? Oh, midwifery mom. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's the tr- translation. Yeah. Very cool. Um. So we were originally going to record this when I was pregnant, preparing for postpartum. Then I think I was sick that day or something. I was looking through the emails and I was like, pregnancy's got me going. And now here we are. And this time you're pregnant, right? Yes, I am. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. So I was excited and I'm still excited to talk to you about postpartum care because in the US, it's pretty much you have to seek it out yourself or it's kind of non-existent. Where there, I feel like it's standard. Yes, it is. Okay. So let's, let's start with you. I always like to start with you. So kind of tell me how you got into this work, where you just tell me about you and how you got into it. And then we'll go into kind of what postpartum looks like. Yeah. Well, I've been a midwife for about eight years and I run a practice uh, here in Holland with two other midwives. Um, And it all started actually because of an American show, TV show, (laughs) um, you had Grey's Anatomy and then you had a spin-off called Private Practice. Okay. And I was obsessed with with the OBGYN. And that was the first time I heard about the job uh, right. midwifery, midwife. So then I tried to research if if it even existed here and what what the qualifications were. Oh so um, when I saw the whole, I think I saw that in about a week. I uh, I applied for night school 
because I had a full-time job at then because what I was were you? 23 old, 23 years old. Yeah. And what were you doing? I was working in like a big um, store where they sell electrical equipment for okay. yeah, washing machines, computers, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did I did the night shifts to get uh, the application to apply to the to the midwifery college, uh-huh. and I started it immediately that year. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! You're just like, yep, this is what I want. And had you yeah. ever like? seen a birth done worked with pregnant women never never no. it just clicked I was like I'm, uh, this is what I need to do what? So, and from that moment I just started googling birth videos and mm. everything surrounding birth and and it's been my passion since that is so amazing so what what is mid I don't even know what it looks like in the United States what does it take to become a midwife it takes uh four years of college yeah um, and then you are, uh, we say, uh, the the basic basic midwife. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can study on to become an ultrasound uh, specialist, uh, do um, IUDs. Mm-hmm. We also place IUDs as a mm-hmm. midwife. Um, and you have the possibility to do a master for three uh, for two more years, and then you can work as a clinical midwife in the hospital. Okay. Wow. So with the four year, you can do home births? Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Because we in the in the Netherlands we have a, a two-way system. So everybody who has an uncomplicated medical history mm-hmm. um, starts with a midwife. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Starts standard. With standard midwife and it's basic care. So you don't pay for a midwife. You just apply when you have a Pregnancy. Uh, pregnancy test around seven weeks is your first checkup seven eight weeks yeah and then we guide you as a midwife all through the pregnancy so you come to calls consults and then we do the delivery wherever you want it so we can do it at home or we can do it in the hospital for you okay. and if they're in that period is any need of a gynecologist because you need medication for high blood pressure or the growth of your baby's not doing well, or you have any other medical problems, then the gynecologist comes in and takes over. What do you know and much about I, how it is here? I, I, the only thing I know is that you have the OBGYN and they yeah. do everything. Yeah, and they let you go after the birth. But the midwife, uh, as soon as you give birth, mm-hmm. uh, even if you are. Um, medically induced or have any medical problems mm-hmm. we get you back from the yeah. gynecologist to do your postpartum care so I'm around for like almost a year oh right because nine months of pregnancy and then four months of postpartum or yeah yeah what is that yeah that's three months <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is okay yeah. so here if you're going to a midwife it's like oh oh you have a midwife Oh, are you doing a home birth? Are you birthing in a birth center? What? Yeah. What? It's like kind of like the more hippie granola people get this midwife. Yeah. Or like, why do you have a midwife? What is that? People don't even know what it is sometimes. And yeah. it's like, like, I don't even know how to necessarily tell you the difference. Because I remember telling my midwife, like, I want a midwife because I like that they're more natural. They're more whatever. And she's like, I wouldn't say that I'm that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> she's like, I just feel like it's a... I don't even know. I don't even remember what she said, but she was just like, 
I don't feel like I'm all hippie and whatever. I just think that this is the way to do it. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. That's so interesting that automatically. So then if they get handed over to an OBGYN, is it just to get like the prescription for high blood pressure and you still manage them or they are then transferred care? Yeah, so um, about 85% uh, starts with the midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the Netherlands, because yeah, you have people who have like type one diabetes or oh. thyroid problems, they automatically start Got at it. the oncologist. Uh, and then we have a switch during the pregnancy, mm-hmm. with pregnancy complications. And for the first time, mothers, about 65% uh, up until the birth stay with their midwife right so we join them to the birth and sometimes during the birth because of uh, pain medication anything medical <laughs> uh, the doctor usually takes over so if you ask for the epidural mm-hmm. then the gynecologist takes over and then your midwife has to step back okay and like go home it depends because we as midwife do get paid for the delivery because mm-hmm. yeah sometimes as you can understand a birth is very long so (laughs) we come to your home and sometimes we're there for like eight hours and then the gynecologist comes and Uh. does their medical thing and in two hours the birth is over so the insurance company just gives us one fixed amount for the birth no matter how long it is and some midwives uh, feel uh, that they can go home and other midwives are like okay call me back when you are done sleeping because some people sleep yeah, right. when they have the epidural and if it's for the last part which is most of the time with pain medication just the last part of birth we stay okay so if you do if you're birthing at home and you want an epidural then you need to move to the hospital yes okay yes and that's the main reason why um we have to shift from midwife to mm-hmm. oh i see yeah um would you say are most people using an epidural? Um, I th- I think the rates in the Netherlands are quite lower than it is yeah, I'm sure. in America. Yeah. Because here it's more um, you try until you can't mm-hmm. anymore and then you have the epidural. And yeah, all I see is like the 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 vlogs and the and the television from yeah. what you have in America. Yeah. But there I see that a lot of women choose to have an epidural before they even go in, into labor. And that's mm-hmm. quite rare here. Yeah. Or just as it's starting, they're like, okay, I'm ready. Or when they arrive. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, what was I going to ask about that? So what kind of things do you do to prepare? Because I, from my experience with my labor and deliveries, I feel like I needed a lot of preparation in order to do it nat- without the epidural. Mm-hmm. So do you like prep them for the mental work or the physical work or the like what kind of prep work are you doing during pregnancy so we see um the uh, women the last month before the due date every week and then the month before every two weeks so we see them quite often mm-hmm. so we talk about our uh with the, about the birth within our consults most of the practices also have like an uh, a workshop or an evening yeah. where they go through the whole plan of how a birth is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have like, um, yeah, schooling, I don't know how to say curses in English. 
courses. Cor yeah, courses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have a different type of courses, of course, you can buy who okay. can teach you breathing techniques. But I think the most helpful is, is that when you start your labor uh, at home, everybody starts their labor at home, especially when you're with the midwife. And uh, then we come to your home first before you go to the hospital, if you want to have a hospital birth or any home birth. Mm -hmm. um, and then we guide you actually uh, from a centimeter or three, four up until the end. So we don't leave in between. Mm -hmm. So I, um, most of the time when somebody hasn't done a course, we help them teach the breathing throughout mm -hmm. the delivery and help them with anything we have. Would you say, because I feel like in America, the the idea is as soon as you start going to labor, you're going to be screaming, you're going to be in pain, you're going to be like hysterical. Is that what you're seeing with a no. general person in labor? No. No. no, those are the people who are like really um, in panic mode, I, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And it's rare that we have that. I think in the past, we guide, I guide about 300 births in my practice a year wow and 300 think, yeah with with two other midwives okay but that's still like one every other day yeah it is oh my god yeah yeah that's um over four midwives sorry okay but other still, owners yeah and, at least like once a week ish depending yeah, on when be, that's wild least, yeah for for a, a midwife on its own once a week wow um and i think Wait, I have to go back to the question. Prego brain. I have to go yeah. back to the question. What was the question? Uh, oh, their their demeanor. Yeah. So I don't, uh, I, I, I rarely have somebody who's fully in, in panic mode because yeah. they trust you. Mm. And if you trust somebody and who's been there with you for hours, I hold their hands, I, I take them to the shower, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll help them breathe through. It's hardly time to panic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess... That's kind of what I was anticipating, but I was just curious if the overall it's like, a wrong image of yeah birth is yeah yes and but that's what we see and so that's what we assume and so I just wondered if there it was just a little bit different where it was people didn't think immediately like people often will go to the hospital as soon as they start contracting here because they think that they're they're like they're in labor and they're going and then yeah. they get sent home yeah that's crazy for us that. Uh, in, in a lot of vlogs I see oh my water broke I have to go to the hospital in the Netherlands we wait mm -hmm. so it's like my water broke and as a midwife we're like don't call us in the night until you have contractions we'll mm -hmm. see you in the morning yeah yeah <laughs> just stay at home go back to sleep because right. it's gonna come on expectedly during the day again yeah so it's a very expected way of how the birth is going to go mm -hmm. and what what I see from images in, in America is like immediately okay yes but that that also immediately rises the adrenaline totally having a baby absolutely I agree um so you you are helping how many ultrasounds are you doing throughout the pregnancy um we have two um regular ultrasounds that we do for everybody so that's the um, initial the due, uh, the, to estimate the due date. Mm -hmm. um, so that's in the first trimester. Then we have the 13 weeks ultrasound, but that's optional. So you, yeah. you can choose if you want it or not. Yeah. That's to screen the baby for their physical health. 
and the 20 weeks ultrasound that's also for the physical health and we don't do um growth um ultrasounds standardly that means that you only get a ultrasound for the growth of the baby in the third trimester when you have an indication for it so if you have like a higher bmi or or lower bmi or if you smoke or if you have a lot of stress or if you use any type of medication because we've done a big study here in the holland and we've seen that if you do uh, a growth um, ultrasound with somebody who doesn't have a medical indication that we see more inductions and more um, c-sections but not healthier babies oh wow so it just creates a panic that doesn't need to be it's that harmful. doesn't need to happen yeah, yeah it's harmful so we don't do that oh wow i love that yeah because a lot of the times for myself and other people that i know they start getting information that's like well it seems kind of like this and you're like what what yeah. and now you're panicking that your baby's got this yeah. thing that and you have to wait like two three weeks yes. and then the next scan says oh no it's not yes and then yes. the next scan says oh maybe but it is my and maybe totally big yeah yes and then yeah. yeah where I like that it's like we're just gonna trust the process we're just gonna yeah. you measure the belly yeah so fundal um, height right Yes, the fundal height with uh, the centimeters and the, and the palpation. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's any type of indication that it's growing too fast or too small, we also do an ultrasound to check that up. Yeah. So it's it's more of a, a combined system. Uh -huh, but yeah. if you are healthy and don't use any medication or whatsoever, then your last ultrasound is at 20 weeks. Okay. Do you do it if you're going over? Um, if you, in the Netherlands, we have, if you are 41 weeks, uh -huh. so one week after your due date, um, that's the first time you have the option to get induced because okay. before that we don't induce at all. Mm. Only if you have a medical explanation as to why, because right. we believe that induction is an intervention that, that could be harmful if it's in a normal pregnancy. Um, so at 40 and um so if you get induced at 41 weeks there's no ultrasound and if you get if you want to wait until 42 weeks then you get an ultrasound and a ctg like the heartbeat monitor of the mm -hmm. baby um, in that week to see if it's safe for you to wait until the next week to 43 weeks uh no from 41 to 42 got it so you're either and gonna start getting weeks, induced yeah 42 weeks, we give the um, advice to get induced. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering that too. Yeah. Okay. I, so I think the ultrasounds are similar. Ours is like you do it to find out how far along you are, 20 week scan just to like check all the things. And then at like 41, if you're going over, that was me. I was 40 and one and we scheduled my 41 week and then I gave birth the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but she's yeah. like, we'll just schedule it in case you make it to 41. I was like, okay, cool. All right, we're going to take a brief break and talk about nursing and pumping bras, Kindred Bravely. I It took me a long time to get a nursing bra because I was like, this is dumb. I don't really need this. And I use them like half the time. But if you are somebody that needs a pumping bra or a nursing bra, I love the Sublime Sports Bra. I work out in it. I love it. They also have pajamas. They have joggers. They have all sorts of like maternity and postpartum things that you want. If you're interested, go to heyshayla.com slash kindredbravelypod. I have a discount code heyshayla15 
Normally my codes are just Hey Shayla, but this one's Hey Shayla 15. And if the codes ever don't work, go to heyshayla.com slash codes to see the updated one. Let's get back to the show. So then with delivery, what kind of, I've never even like my, both of mine were unmedicated, but they were in a hospital. Cause to me, that's where I felt the safest. I was like, okay, I trust everything that's happening, but if something goes awry, I want to be where I need to be. Um, but in a hospital, in a home birth, what kind of things do you need to, like, what do you, I mean, are you doing on a bed? Do you need to lay down a sheet? Like how exactly does that work? So everybody gets a package sent to their home. Okay. Depends on how well you are insured. If you have to pay a little bit for the package, or if you if you're very good, if you have a very good insurance, then the package is just sent to your home, mm-hmm. and it uh, contains like um, plastic ceiling for your mattress. Okay, it contains um, uh, like the pads that you use on the bed to soak up amniotic fluids. Yeah, um, and also uh, gauzes, everything you need for home birth, basically. Uh, a cord um, cutter, yeah, yeah. clamper, yeah, clamper. That's what. Yeah. So that's what you get at home, um, but your midwife is actually the one who brings all her her stuff with her. So um, I travel always with a suitcase. Every midwife does, and we are on twenty four hours on call. Yeah, um, and we travel with oxygen. We travel with uh, medication to help stop bleeding mm-hmm. um uh, we travel with an iv so we are uh, skilled yearly we have to we are uh, uh, obligated to do a yearly training to do all the emergency uh, medical things so we do place ivs we do give medications we do um uh, get to give uh, get to stop any problems at home or start a rein uh, resuscitation at home mm-hmm. um but um 0.06 percent has resuscitation starts at yeah. home and in the netherlands almost every hospital is like 15 minutes away okay some i live in a big city so it's like three hospitals in a range of 15 yeah. minutes <laughs> so then would you drive them or call the ambulance um, it depends on the situation because most of the time when you do a home birth, if you have to go to the hospital, it's not an emergency situation. About 5% is an emergency situation. Um, and then if we talk about the non-emergency situation, it's like when the baby has pooped in the uh, in the amniotic water, mm-hmm. we go preventively to the hospital. If you want pain medication, we go to the hospital. If you are decreasing in uh, dilation, we go to the hospital. So there are a lot of filtering during the uh, the birth, um, which can indicate that something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, um, you preventatively go instead of wait until there's an emergency. Yes. Yeah. So we call ourselves the gatekeepers of the normal birth. Yeah. Because only the low risk normal birth normally is at home. And that's how we keep it as safe as possible. Um, and then you have the emergency situation is most of the time is, I think, uh, blood loss is on the first part. Um, while we put an IV in, we give you medication to stop it and we can bridge the, the 20 to 30 minutes, uh, necessary to go to the hospital. Yeah. So then the ambulance comes and takes you to the hospital. We go with you. 
but yeah there it's we did a big research also here uh, to see if it's safer in the hospital or safer at home and um, it came out as equal it's just hmm. as safe so there are no more babies that die at home or no more babies that die in the hospital the only difference is that in the hospital you have more interventions than that you have at home okay so would you say that an OBGYN is going to well yeah because if you're with an OB you probably are potentially induced sooner because you have okay you have more medical things going on yeah. so it's it's quite normal that more things will happen to you in the in the hospital right yeah that makes sense would you say so would a high risk be like breach or twins yes. both yes, of those are exactly. yeah okay. both of those are so I don't guide those as a midwife you do have midwives who stray off the regular protocols mm -hmm. and do those deliveries at home but okay. it's it's not recommended here got it what when you said the dilation goes down, what is that? What normally causes that? Um, uh, I don't mean down, but it's um, sometimes you have. Um, like they don't progress. Yeah, they don't progress. They're not continuing to open. Yeah. And Got sometimes it. you have when somebody doesn't progress, but has the urge to push when mm. the baby's like flipped upside down with their head in the, in the posterior position, um, then you have a lot of pressure on your cervix which causes it to swell. And oh, when it wow. swells, the centimeters go down again. Ah, oh, wow. Interesting. Um, and then have you ever heard, uh, do you, do you can like do placenta encapsulation? I don't do it as okay. in, there's no midwife who does that, I okay. think here, but you do have like, um, postpartum specialists who provide those services. Okay. Is that kind of an unusual thing? Common. No, it's not common. No, no. Um, I read cause I encapsulated my placenta cause, okay. I'm, I, I got so many questions. Do you have doulas there? We do, but, uh, not as much as I think you guys do. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Because you do have the midwife. So I right. don't think a lot of people need it. Um, the people who usually have a doula are the people who are well financed. Because okay. it's quite a, you have to pay for a doula out of pocket. Got it. And would would you say more people who have OBs have doulas? I think so, um, because in the hospital it's it is very different. You have about one doctor every three, four, five, six rooms, okay. so you are quite left alone quite uh, a lot yeah. more than yeah. that you are with your midwife. So, oh, that's interesting. I wonder. I bet that's similar to the U.S. because. With my first, my, my midwife had a flat tire and so she didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. That's impossible here. That's what I'm saying. My friend was like, does she not have Uber or like, yeah, any we, <laughs> we are required to have a backup system. Yeah. So, so if I can't go because I just had an accident, I have to call my colleague and she has to be there within 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but she... Yeah, she had a flat tire regardless. And uh, so I was then with an OB who I had never met, but it ended up being perfect for me because I was I was doing hypno babies. So I was like in this like hypnosis. And so I didn't really want to be bothered anyway. I was just kind of like moving and grooving. Yeah. And 
And then at the very end, of course, like five people come in, the nurse and the midwife and the whatever. And I'm like in between pushes, just being like, I don't want an episiotomy. And she's like, I'm not going to do it unless it's an emergency. I'm like, don't give me Pitocin after. And she's like, unless you're bleeding, I won't give you Pitocin. So I'm like telling her all my birth requests, but she was super great. Like afterwards she was like, okay, you're still bleeding a little bit. Do you mind if I gave you some Pitocin? And I was like, thank you for asking. Sure. (laughs) And so it was just, it ended up being okay. But I, I thought I assumed I was like, they must just think I'm a wacko for doing this hypnobirthing. And that's why they left me alone. But I bet it was that I bet there was a OB for a bunch of rooms. Yeah. 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 Interesting. They come every two hours to maybe check you and then they leave again. Totally. And then what is a, when you're with a midwife for like your pregnant, your appointments, how long are they typically? Um, oh, your first appointment is about an hour okay. and it depends how big your practice is because you have large midwife practices and then your consult might be between 10 to 20 minutes, okay. quite short. Uh, but if you are with like a caseloader, we call them. So you have a midwife, one midwife uh, for every patient. Um, the consults are maybe a half an hour or an hour each. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's similar-ish here that it kind of varies. Also, if you have an ultrasound, it's of course longer. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, okay. So we did kind of the pregnancy delivery. Tell me about the postpartum. What is that like? Okay. So when you're, um, if you deliver at home, then your midwife, your midwife will stay two hours after you had to, after you had the baby Mm -hmm. uh, to just basically get the baby checked get you tea uh have tea. something tea yeah amazing yeah yeah we always do tea tea and like a, a type of biscuits okay with uh, pink for girls and blue for boys oh funny I love it what kind of tea yeah. um it depends whatever okay there's not like a postpartum tea or something okay no, no. So uh, we stay until two hours and uh, the Kramsorg, it's it's like a nurse, a postpartum nurse. Um, she stays up until I think the first, after the delivery, maybe three to four hours. Okay. And they come uh, every day for eight days. If you have a C-section or if there's any breastfeeding problems or any problems during the postpartum period, they can stay up until 10 days after the delivery. And you get that um, partially covered. It depends also on how your insurance is, but you only pay like four euros an hour for the nurse. What? Oh yeah. my God. Yes. And then the midwife comes by every other day to just okay. check up, to see how you're doing, to try to... Uh, uh, get you going if you are breastfeeding to make a plan when are you starting to pump that sort of things how are you recovering so you get um, the basic is about uh, 49 hours for eight days and you can choose if you want those 49 and the minimum is I believe 24 hours so you at least three hours a day um uh, a nurse will come to your home, help you bathe the baby, help you um, teach you how to do everything. Okay. <clears throat> Let me re-say this to you. <laughs> so 
Midwife stays for two hours ish after the birth. Nurse comes and stays for, or nurse is there probably. The nurse is helping us with the home birth. Okay. And then stays for like three to four hours. But if you deliver in the hospital, then you go home and then the nurse will uh, come to your house. Your house. Okay. That's amazing. If you deliver in the hospital, how long are you in the hospital for? Exactly the same amount of time. So two to three hours after the birth. And then you can go home if you have um, a nurse. No, yeah. Sometimes if you deliver in the night, then you'll stay for the yeah. morning. And then you call, I'm, hey, I'm going home. And then the nurse will come and meet you at your home so that you can wow. have guidance with the baby. I'm pretty sure we have a 24-hour in ours because I think, I, yeah, I think I delivered at like, I don't know, in the wee hours of the morning. And then I didn't leave till the, I stayed the full 24 hours. And then it was like, whatever. I, can't, I should remember what time my daughter was born, but I do not remember it. Six o'clock something. And then it was 6 a.m. So they're like, well, wait till the person comes on in the morning and can give you all the discharge stuff. And then I think we left the, in the afternoon. So it was like. And what are you supposed to do then? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Sleep. I don't know. Here. I have. Here's just a brand new well, baby. And the reason. Out. Yeah, exactly. And you always kind of feel like you're taking this baby. Like you shouldn't be taking this baby home. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is. I when I went home and I was like waiting for the nurse to come like, okay. Help me. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay. So then the nurse, so then for eight days, you're getting checked in on every single day. The nurse comes every day. The midwife comes every other day. Yes. Right. And they're going to be there for at least three hours a day. Yeah. The nurse stays for the most time. Yeah. Um, and the midwife stays about, yeah, it, it depends an hour maybe. Okay. To just talk about how your reco- recovery is. We give you tips. We sometimes, um, you have to see us. The midwife is like the manager of the postpartum period. Yeah. And the nurse is the one who does the daily things. Yeah. They teach you how to make bottles, how to sterilize everything, how to change your baby, how to deal with cramps, how to deal with everything that happens in those first few days. And it feels like it's very much focused on the mom. As opposed to focus on the baby. Um, it's both. Okay. So we do the checkups with the mom and we do the checkups with the baby. Okay. And you're so weighing we in. To do in the first eight days, we try to prepare you uh, to be a parent. Yeah. After those eight days, we can leave and we feel good about how the daily ritual is going. Right. And are most women breastfeeding? Uh, the most, most women start breastfeeding here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but is it, it's typical for people to breastfeed unless they have complications? Yeah. There, there has been a movement more that, uh, start with bottle feeding. Um, but I think about 80% starts with breastfeeding. Okay. Interesting. Or at least tries and, and some already stop in the first week. Um, and the, the most part goes on a few months. And at six months, it goes down really fast. <laughs> oh, really? Six months is kind of like where people stop? Yeah, it's the killing. Because then uh, we have um, um, we have 16 weeks of uh, pregnancy maternity. leave. Yeah. Yeah, maternity leave. Yeah. Um, so that's around the, the time that you start working again. And uh, we have like a breastfeeding protection laws here in the Netherlands. So that means that your employer has to give you 
a certain amount of time during the day to breastfeed or pump. Mm-hmm. And that stops also at six months, I believe. So I think that also plays a big part. Yeah, totally. So your leave is about six months. Um, It's four months in total. Okay, four months. But then the breastfeeding protection ends around six. Yeah. Got it. Wow. So then are, would you say a lot of people pump and store their milk? Um, I think a lot of people stop when they have to go to work. Yeah. Because they think it's a hassle. Um. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of people stop, but I think if we compare it to other countries, we have a higher rate. Yeah. I believe that. Well, yeah. Cause our maternity leave is like non-existent. 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 12 weeks. Yeah. But then I feel like a lot of people do continue to pump because it's so early. And so they just kind of like develop that schedule. And I, I think breastfeeding is, and pumping is, I don't know. Cause I don't, go to a real job yeah yeah (laughs) so I'm not totally sure what everything is and like the few friends that I have might be outliers I don't know um so that's that's interesting about that but so they're coming and they're teaching you about breastfeeding they're teaching you just all the things that you have no is it different for second time parents I would imagine no no yeah you can choose to have less hours but that's that's by choice right and are you like cooking for them or doing any like housework I don't um but the the nurse she does um make sure that you get breakfast make sure you get lunch um it used to be that they cooked in the evening but that's old school yeah (laughs) yeah and uh, what they do do is like uh, they clean the toilets every day and they mop the floors and they vacuum the floors also what? They don't big like they don't won't scrub your windows or right, something. Yeah. The, the things that you you know when you have postpartum bleeding and everything, right. we like to keep it as um, clean as possible. So the right. nurse's job is to take care of the home as well. Uh-huh. Wow. And at what point does the baby get handed off to like a pediatrician? Or not handed off, but what time yeah. do you yeah. So we um it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Because we have uh, another Everything is like set in 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 yeah. period of time. So the midwife have has them for the first uh, yeah around eight days, ten days uh, for the postpartum week, and then immediately when we finish, then the um, nurses from the how do you call it? It's not a pediatrician because it's just regular the general practitioner yep. system. Yep. Um, they will come to your home. Uh, and do the first checkup at home. So you get a hearing test um, and they weigh the baby. And that's the place where you stay up until like 18 years, get the vaccinations and everything. Um, and I think the first vaccination is at two months old mm-hmm. uh, or at three months old, if you had the pregnancy vaccination okay. uh, here in Holland. But it starts like exactly when we cut off. And the midwife stays until six weeks after the birth, the primary caregiver. Okay. Um, when do when do they so are you going? They're not coming to the house, the the general practitioner. One time. Okay. Like a week postpartum? Yeah, like uh, between the 10 and the 14 days. They come and that's when they your- do the hearing test and all the testing. Yeah. Wow. That would so when my second daughter was born, she failed all of her hearing tests. Like 
twice. And so we were mm-hmm. like, Does she, can she hear? I don't know. And so for two months, we were left not knowing oh. until we had to schedule a specialty hearing exam with a eye, nose, and ear doctor and had to go in for that test and she was fine. But I think uh, this is this is my very educated assumption of what happened, but my water broke like two pushes before she came out. And so mm-hmm. I assumed that her ears were wet. And so they weren't, that's what they said. Sometimes if the like ear cilia or whatever is wet, then it doesn't respond properly and they yeah. can fail. Yeah, so we say you can't uh, bathe the baby 24 hours before the hearing okay. test. yeah. So we prepare you for that. Yeah, and, and a week later, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's at least a week between the 10 and the 14 days before okay. we do the hearing test. And why, why is, do you have pediatricians or it just... The pediat- it's the same. If, okay. if there's anything medically wrong with the, the b- baby's health, then mm-hmm. you get sent to the pediatrician but we have just general doctors we just specialize on this part mm-hmm. uh, and do this part okay so, so if you have a really like, preterm birth yeah especially then you go to the pediatrician okay so the pediatrician is almost like a specialty doctor for yes. but yeah. but the general practice is for children it's they're just yes. not called p okay yeah. Wild. Yeah. I think the same as in Australia. I met, I was talking to a guy in Australia. He's like, yeah. And then like the kids doctors, they tell you to put them in these shoes. And I was like, what about the pediatricians? So they're like, no, pediatricians are like, if there's a problem or you need to get something yeah. solved. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So <laughs> it's a real specialty for in, uh, what you said for babies. Yeah. Up years old, and it's also basic care. So you don't pay for it. That's yeah. Up until 18 years. Yeah. Whoa. Until 18 years, you don't pay for medical bills for your child. And what's the vaccine that they get at two to three months? It's the, um, it's for tetanus, hepatitis B. Detail. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's called King Hoost, but I don't know how to okay. say it. I think it's DTAP because that's the one that's like all combined. Yeah. And I yeah. think you can also get that in during your pregnancy as well. Yes. Once I'm... So, yeah okay yeah. um that so you get at uh, two months three months probably five months okay and 11 months is that the only thing i don't want to get into it. vaccines are so controversial but is that the only thing that you do or are there a few of them in childhood yeah i don't give the vaccines right but um in the in the first year you get the four vaccines um and after the first year it gets less and less okay not the same here but like I said I do not want to go down that road okay we're going to take a brief break to talk about expecting and empowered if you follow me anywhere you know that I love expecting and empowered it's a pregnancy and postpartum workout it's a week by week guide for what is safe and what you should be doing to prepare for labor and then repair from labor it's pelvic floor it's exercises it's core it's stretching it's mindless So if you're like, well, I kind of feel like I should stay in shape. If you don't work out or you do work out, this is such a good guide for this time of your life just to know what is good to do. Uh, I have a code, Hey Shayla. If you go to heyshayla.com slash expecting an empowered pod, that will get you there. Um, If my codes ever don't work, you can always just go to heyshayla.com slash codes. Let's get back to the show. Okay. So knowing kind of what you know, just from this conversation of what it's like in America, what are some things that you would like recommend or suggest to us 
for how to prepare and how to, oh, I'm going to ask a different question first. Sorry. Do you see a lot of postpartum depression or anxiety? Um, no, because um, postpartum depression usually develops after two weeks okay. of having continuous complaints. So we see them at, you know, first see them every other day. Mm-hmm. And then there's a gap of a few weeks until the six weeks checkup. Okay. And at the six weeks checkup, we sometimes see postpartum depression. And I think we have a lot, around 11 to 12% of the uh, new moms who have a postpartum depression. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't see it in my practice as much. Okay. We do have ladies who had it before, mm. and then we have extra guidance during the pregnancy and in the postpartum period. Totally. And uh, are you at that six-week appointment? Are you going to their house or are you going into clinic? They're going into the clinic. Okay. I guess I'm asking that because I wonder if you were to go into their house, if you would get a different would, vibe it, of what's actually going on. So. Yeah. I think so. I think that's kind of a gap that's missing in a postpartum care in the Netherlands that you have a, a gap in the most vulnerable time because everybody leaves mm-hmm. at the two weeks mark, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from your home, at least. Right. Um, when you're at your most vulnerable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hormones are going wild. You're trying to figure out this whole thing. Totally. Okay. Um, okay. Then back to the question that I was about to ask. So what would you recommend for like people in the U.S. who don't necessarily have this attention on yeah. moms during pregnancy and I postpartum. Think it's good to know what, if you educate yourself on what's normal, normal in the progression of how your bleeding is supposed to go, what can you expect with breastfeeding? Because the expectations are sometimes completely off of what reality it might be. And I think um, if you the nurse can also be a good friend so you don't have to have somebody specialized uh, or trained for it if you have somebody who can just help you who has experience with babies Mm -hmm. so if it's a friend a sister a family member who just comes by so I would I would use my network more to have them yeah try to have a little bit of a schedule around who's coming and not just coming because they want to see the baby or hold yes. the baby really coming to do the basic care uh-huh um, I think that's great advice I think that's a really good idea to kind of schedule that and I I think that that's hard too because it's it's a big ask as, yeah right and you're like how do I ask this and not I don't know I think so, but if you, um, if I would ask you to go to your friend's house and bring over food, mm-hmm. it's a normal ask. Totally. So if you just divide it mm-hmm. and not make it a big thing yes. for you to be like, I need you to be my nurse for one day. Yeah. But just somebody you, who you can call with questions like, okay, I can't have my baby on my breast. What do I do now? Or um, can you help me do some groceries? Can you come over and uh, bring something to, for dinner mm-hmm. that will help a lot mm-hmm. a lot so, and I think education is the most important thing if you know what's normal you'll get more of an um, a confidence about how you're parenting 
Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think I'm trying to think of a tangible way to actually do it because I think that that's exactly what is missing is just like that support. That's not just like, let me hold the baby. And you're like, I'm bleeding and really tired. And I just need some help here. Not yeah. for you to just see my cute baby. Like, yeah, So I think right. when you're pregnant, what you just said, like coming up with a list of people like, okay, my sister could help me because she's had a baby. My mm -hmm. mom could come over with my favorite meal that she knows that I love. And then asking for those specific things like, mom, do you mind coming over like a couple of days after and bringing my favorite meal? That would be amazing. And kind of like a very specific ask instead of just like, Hey, could you maybe stop by in a week post for like, help me? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Can you yeah. stop by? I know this is going to yeah. be tough questions everybody wants to help if you ask um we always say try to think about your postpartum before birth mm -hmm. because after birth it's all yeah very messy yeah. and and very emotional yeah so try to schedule it before and we also have a lot of um, um single parents mm. who go through this kind totally. of stuff. Totally. Yeah. We say, okay, well, who are your people surrounding you? And okay, try to think uh, what do you have as meal prep at home and how mm -hmm. many days can you have that? And okay, so if you're missing three days and you have five friends, okay, you can ask one friend each to just one time bring a meal. Mm -hmm. And if you have a mom, you just ask one time, can you help me with one hour of uh, just vacuuming? Yeah. Just little stuff like that. Yeah. But I think you're totally right with doing it during pregnancy because when you're hormonal and like tired, the thought of writing a text for help is like too much. It's too it's, much. It's easier just to struggle through it yourself than to ask for someone. Yeah. Make so a I, postpartum plan. Yeah. But you don't think about that. You're just like, gonna be a mom and I'm gonna have this baby and they're gonna breastfeed or they're not or whatever and like you just I feel like it's first time mom you have no idea what's coming and no. I yeah, yeah and I think you just need that support that you are not yeah, even aware and, and you need to find resources to see okay where can I find uh if I have problems with breastfeeding mm -hmm. where do I find knowledge about or bottle feeding and don't leave that for the postpartum period. Yes, totally. So during pregnancy, because we even a big thing that's getting popular here in the States is um like meals that get delivered to your house. So if you're really like, I don't have, like I live in a different state than everybody. I'm new here, whatever. Like we did that uh, for a month or two postpartum because it was like, I don't have to think about anything. The meals are coming to me. I didn't even do like the home chef where, or where you have to like cook it. It was like cooked. I needed to warm it up. And it was the best thing that I could have done. Cause that was one thing off of both of our plates. Yeah. And so, and then I, I'm just trying to think of resources that I have. So I know that in the States, we also have something called, I think it's just mealtrain.com. And you can set it up and people can sign up on your calendar for like when they're going to bring a meal or when they're going to send you a gift card for a delivery or whatever. And that's super helpful. And my hypno babies course that I took has the audio for like the actual labor and delivery, but it has an entire course about like, here are some things that could happen during labor and delivery. This is normal. This is not. And I think you're right. Just having the confidence to be like, I know this is okay. Or like, this is Maybe some just cry the first night. And yeah. Well, this is mostly for labor and delivery for like yeah. when you're doing that doesn't, yeah. I, I don't really know anything about 
Well, I made, but it's in Dutch, um, but I made for people who um, don't have, some people just want the the basic care because financially four euros is still four euros for somebody. It might be much. Um, So I made videos for people who don't have the money to have. Um, But I believe there's many people that are vlogging in America Mm -hmm. also who teach you about the the first few days. So I have a video about the first few days, what happens to the mom, the first few days, what happens to the baby, how to get your milk production up, how to, um, how to start with, um, with treating the the cramps of the baby, all those types of videos. No, I think you're right. Uh, Built to Birth is one that's here in the United States. Yeah. She does a really good job. Richard Taylor? Maybe? Yes, yeah. 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 She's great. Um, I think she's a doula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do have a lot. We, fortunately, we live in an era where we have a lot of free online access. Mm-hmm. Just try to educate yourself as much as possible as you can. And try to lean on the people who have the experience Yes. I always say don't <laughs> they're not experts as in uh, you have to follow their guidelines yeah but just somebody who who can be a listening ear totally yeah I think that's great advice I love that thank you um I think that we've covered everything and that was I was going to ask you like when did you start sharing social media and it sounds like you did it just for people who either want the information or couldn't afford the information yeah I started in it's my corona baby yeah so I started it when corona happened yeah um so 2020 and um and it was partially because I had less time um because of the lockdowns we had uh, full restrictions at uh, how much time physical time we could have oh, with our wow, baby yeah so I wanted to prepare everybody and I was like um, you had a lot of people who started uh, selling online courses mm-hmm. and was getting quite upset with that because I my practice is uh, situated situated in an area where there's not a lot of money mm-hmm. um, and I have the access to everything but not everybody does and that's the reason why I just put everything online so it starts oh from how to breathe through birth how to get pregnant until one year old baby. I love that so much. I wonder if you could do subtitles in English for your videos. I could. I think. No, no, not I, you, I, but I think YouTube might have a feature. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. You could try and Right. Yeah. I I actually think I have a fair amount of people from the Netherlands that listen to my podcast. So if you're there, they can find you. Uh, they know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, I feel like that's everything. This was so enlightening and so interesting. And I love the tips for, I think it's interesting just to see what other countries do, but I also think it's really great. The advice that you gave for people in the States who don't necessarily have that resource or in anywhere really. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with somebody you think would love And I would be so honored if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and rating below so I can know what you guys are digging, what you want more of, just connect with you a little better. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.